Welcome to the Court and Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Dr. Alan Bain. He is a primary care internist. He's been in practice for 35 years. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Trying to hang in there with this wonderful pandemic we have still. Oh, yeah. I, I hear all sorts of fun things that they're going to bring back masks and lockdowns and that there's some quote unquote variant out of Canada that we need to be terrified yes. of. So, yeah. Too much fear. So, so much fear. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what yeah. have you been seeing over uh, the past few years? And uh, what have you seen from patients? What have you seen has been beneficial? What do you and, and what do you feel like, speaking of fear, has been kind of blown out of proportion? Well, the easy answer is all the above, but to to unpack it all, I was involved with this uh, when it was in the beginning, like before November of 2020, Dr. McCullough was one of my mentors. Mm -hmm. When everybody was fearful, I was wearing masks and I was wondering, what can I do and should do I want a shot? Do I not want a shot? And and then I wound up in one of my court cases that we can touch upon later. I was the unvaccinated doctor and they held back my giving ivermectin because, well, you can't show up because, you know, but the fear is is there still. And it's right now at this point, it feels very unjustifiable. I know hospitals are building up, but when you come from a perspective of that, there's early treatment options and there always was, then there's no fear. There's nothing there. When you can treat symptoms of COVID and you could have all along, then there's no fear. And the the problem is, is people don't know where to go and they they've been sold a bill of goods about the safe and effective idea. And you know, more and more, there's more and more research showing it's just not the case, mm-hmm. Courtney. So there's so many places to go. But you know, right now we are seeing a little bit of an uptick, at least in my teleoffice. Mm-hmm. There is data probably showing that people are filling up hospitals. Are they going on ventilators, hitting the lungs? It it doesn't seem so. Mm-hmm. So, but people are very fearful and afraid, and and um, mitigating that is a problem. Right. But, you know, well, I'm here to say this is a treatable symptomatic illness. Right. Well, uh, I mean, there's also when you looked at the list of uh, cofactors and comorbidities for uh, what they labeled as COVID, uh, the number one was like anxiety. (laughs) So it would seem that fear kind of plays a role and uh, maybe we shouldn't buy into it because that's not productive. (laughs) No, it's not. And the strangest part about having COVID is, is whether it's long COVID or if it's right after having COVID is that the, the, the so-called cytokine storm is a big histamine type of response. Mm-hmm. And people, there's a famous man, Dr. Chetty in South Africa. He had, I was taught that he had very little ivermectin and very little hydroxy or didn't have as much. And by day eight is when it really was a little scary where the cytokine storm hit. You'd be using anti-inflammatory agents and antihistamine agents to save lives. So, but that feeds into it. And what the average doctor doesn't know is that the the GABA is a neurotransmitter that deals with anxiety and it it has a relationship with histamine. So when your doctors would go, oh, 
you're having these symptoms of chest pain because you're just anxious. Mm-hmm. It's like, first of all, that looks like you're being gaslit. Totally. And no, no, I'm having real symptoms, doctor. No, no, you're just anxious. And, you know, it's it's OK. You've been through the lockdowns and everything. No, there's a physiologic response where the histamine is through the roof post-COVID and during COVID. Mm-hmm. So these are a lot of that's the physiology of the anxiety part. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I get patients that say, you know, doctor, I feel anxious, but I have no reason why. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why I'm anxious, and they're right, right, because the histamine is through is 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 this through the roof, and they don't have any reason. Yeah, well, a lot of people also don't know that. Uh, I, I know people in some of the more alternative spaces are more familiar with this, but you know, you can have a toxicity that causes symptoms that look like generalized anxiety. So exactly, like, yeah. So there are exactly. people who might have a uh, you know various it could be like mold buildup and where they're having a reaction they start to feel very anxious or there's uh you know certainly i know my sister's anaphylactic and right before she's having an allergic reaction she might feel very anxious um i know i've experienced that with allergies and uh you know which i think allergies in from my my framing i i see it as kind of a toxic toxic burden so my body is not able to you know deal with it um, and it starts to build up well, and I have a reaction. It, well, the way you're wording that is mm-hmm. people with pre-existing issues and now you add on COVID right. heightens all those things. So you have people with illnesses like fibromyalgia, rheumatoid arthritis, cancer, all these illnesses. And then you get COVID mm-hmm. and it's, shall we say, COVID and it's accomplice, the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know what I mean, yeah. that it it heightens everything. Mm-hmm. Spike protein burden, whether it's from the virus or it's from the shot, is going to take what you have already, mold, arthritis, all these histories of cancer, and it could make it worse. Right. We need more literature to prove that and show that. But we're seeing very unusual situations. Yeah, what what are we seeing from the people who have taken these shots, these injections? What has been your experience? And is there anything that seems to be helping them? That's a two-part question. Yeah. Um, basically, I have seen people who they would say ever since they got the shot, their arthritis is worse, or two weeks later, they wound up having a spike in their blood pressure, or, you know, I've seen people where they're a little later in the game and they've been ever since they had COVID or a shot, they just have been not feeling right. So I've been seeing long COVID patients, post-COVID syndrome patients. And then you have the mixtures, right? Mm-hmm. You have those that get shots and then you get those that get COVID. And then they're doing really well, sort of well with the shot. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they get COVID and it all swishes right back. Right. We have people that get better. Like I could be one of the patients because I had COVID July 20, June 26, 2020. Mm-hmm. I took all the necessary treatments. I got better. I had an emotional event, which deals just kind of a very empathetic, empathic event the following year in January. And some long COVID symptoms came. And I had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. 
And again, it's that histamine GABA response pattern that can bring it all back. So what I've been doing is treating people for symptoms. And like you asked, the question is, well, what have you been doing? It it could range from ivermectin for post-COVID or post-shot injury, two or three rounds of it. It could then morph into taking low-dose naltrexone as an add-on or a switch up. Mm -hmm. It could turn into a course of steroids or methylpred. It depends on the patient. There's no one formula. That's why the FLCCC has a menu and AAPS has a menu and Dr. McCullough has a spike detox menu and all these menus. And now the latest menu is is microclots, which I've been working with and trying to send people's blood over to see if they're having microclots. So there's just there's just so many ways to uh, treat this and do surveillance. And I've been doing even surveillance on people who look to be normal. Like I have a patient who went through the shots, got COVID. I do his annual physical and it's like his blood pressure is his his cholesterol. Excuse me. His cholesterol is through the roof and he's freaking out. He's okay. Okay. And then he notices his belly is kind of like flabby. And, and he's not, he's a thin man. Yeah. So he knows something's up. So a lot of people are getting delayed responses. We have people a year later who get chest pain because it's kind of lurking. So it's it's a real tricky thing, Courtney. It really is. That's really interesting. Because um, I know there's a lot of debate about, you know, if it's like just a fear campaign, was it a bioweapon? Uh, you know, like, what was it actually? Um, and I, I don't claim to have the answer on that. I honestly go back and forth quite a bit uh, because I do Design. think that there was a major fear uh, propaganda campaign, obviously. Uh, I think it's pretty hard to deny that. You know, they clearly wanted to push enough fear to drive people to take this emergency experimental uh, pharmaceutical And, uh, you know, they needed the fear to do that. But there does also look like there are people who are having residuals. You know, you described as long COVID. Um, It does sound like there are people who have what they perceive to be very unique type of symptoms that were not uh, previously familiar to them, uh, whether it be, you know, I... So I hesitate when I say things like that. A lot of people talk about the lack of the loss of taste and smell. Um, however, you know, people do get that with other types of, uh, you know, illnesses. People do have that experience. It's actually one of the reasons why um, chicken noodle soup is recommended, you know, during a, when people feel like they have symptoms of what people call flu or cold. Uh, and it's not because the, the healing properties of chicken noodle soup are so magical, uh, not not to say that they're not good for you, but it it's actually has more to do with, for most people, it's familiar. Most people remember being sick as a child or being comforted as a child with their mom or their grandma's chicken noodle soup. So they remember instantly, they have a sensorial response, whether or not they can taste and smell it, they remember the taste and smell of that. And so that helps to stimulate, it's a neurological uh, priming, uh, neuro uh, sensorial experience. So uh, all this just to say, uh, my very long-winded ans- you know, uh, way of uh, asking you this is that, do you feel like, this is something that is uh, really unique. And if that's the case, why is something like ivermectin or this uh, 
uh, Naldextron, why would they be working for both the shot people who have symptoms from or adverse reactions from these injections, as well as people who are uh, having these symptoms from what they believe to be COVID or long COVID? Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> in, every, in every question, there's like five. I love it. Sorry. That's okay. I I like it. I like it. I'm into this. So I'd say the common feature would be the spike. Okay. The spike protein. Okay. And this is when people call this the novel virus. Right. That's too easy of a statement to say novel. Usually you'd be like, oh my God, a real bad virus. All right. Novel is so smooth. (laughs) When you were speaking of, well, you know, I, I just was have, this a tinkered virus? The word novel is just too well, no you know what? Madison Avenue, you know, it's you know, novel. so is this I'm oh, sorry, so, it's novel because it's the first one to have a GPS and an internal clock. So I, I think what do you, so, what do you well, mean? you know, because it knew whether you were sitting or standing, it knew when it was 10 o'clock and there was a curfew, like right? So that I think that's why it was novel. You're I'm talking totally about the kidding. people putting, totally... <laughs> putting a curfew on us, you mean? or, or the, Well, the, yeah, the... they put the, the 10 o'clock. I was at, in Santa Monica at the time, and there was a 10 o'clock curfew because suddenly oh, after 10 o'clock, oh. COVID is so much more virulent. And uh, so apparently it had an internal clock. And it oh, knew. that's funny. I get you. That's perfect. Yeah, yes. or yeah. it had a GPS well, in it. So it knew when well, I was eating in a restaurant I, or sitting in a restaurant. You, and You know what I like? You know what I Well, that's very good. Right. It, oh. <laughs> wait a minute what were you saying you're like oh you could take your mask off right. while you're eating but when it comes back on then it's game back on exactly that right <laughs> okay i know where you're going with this that's, that's yeah I, i'm totally teasing but yeah no 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 but that's brilliant but but in all fairness i can also make a joke and say when i talk to geniuses and in the beginning of the pandemic i would talk to all these geniuses go this this is something to worry about. Or you hear the the, the Watson article in Lancet. If right. it was, in 2021, if it oh, wasn't yeah. for that shot, we would have had 20 more people who are dead. And when you unpack it, it's all full of it. Because first of all, it's a model. You can't know from a model. Then you can't know how many people's lives you really saved because across all age groups. Right. Some age groups would have lived anyway. So so what's the big deal? You don't really know. You see, you right. can't account for all the age groups. Yeah. So what I always tell people is a joke. The, 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 the shot or the, the virus is smarter than all you geniuses on both sides. It's <laughs> right. smarter. It's it's actually a Frankenstein, Frankenstein virus with an IQ of 200 brain because it's outsmarting everybody. It can't. It can't. Nobody agrees to it. And and the virus is sitting there giggling and laughing at all these people that think they know what's going on. Right. Right. That's, that's my joke in that way. So it's it's one of those. And I'm in the middle trying to figure out the truth with my patients mm-hmm. for my patients. Oh, but this one says this. And should I believe that? I'm I'm trying to be fair and fair on both sides. Right. And I'm weary of it. I'm weary. I'm at the point where I've written some very interesting tweets. I would love everybody to look at my Twitter space because I speak of the politicians, the statisticians and the geniuses. 
they don't have it right and they 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 all just missed the they just missed the mark yeah and they deny and i'm busy with iver and then you know if i can ramble a little bit the yeah. ivermectin yeah. story you know i was in court three times as an expert witness and we won those three times there were others where we didn't win in 2021 and all these people are off ventilators now because we added the ivermectin to the regimen. But I'm sick and tired of people showing us in their one little article how ivermectin doesn't work, where there's like 99 other articles that show so many with thousands of people that it it does work in many different ways and all different levels. Mm -hmm. I'm sick and tired of pushing back mythology. Right. Finally, we're having some gain in the court system, but I have to sit in and, and, and push back the mythology of a drug that works under my own hands. I see I saw amazing things. So I'm amazed by the real super intelligent people quoting articles mm-hmm. that have very little basis were tinkered with. The articles were tinkered with and nobody says anything. So I'm sick and tired of the mythology and the lies. And it's just so tiring because at the end of the day, it comes down to the patient. It comes down to the one who's sick. Right. We care about the sick, not who's making the money. We care about the sick, not who's going to get the best chair at Harvard or Yale or Princeton or Oxford. It comes down to the patient. It comes down to who's sick. And I'm here to stick up for those who have suffered. That's why I'm here talking. I'm working for the suffering. Yeah. And I'm sick and tired of those people that are actually making money off of this with long COVID, charging lots of money when there's people going on public aid now because they've been thrown on public aid because they're sick. Wow. We all got to get together. We've all got to get together. There's only a thousand of us, Courtney. There's only a thousand of, of us sticking up for the rest of the world here right now. Wow. We all, us thousands, us thousands of doctors and nurses have to hold arms and hold each other tight and and and, and believe in each other and get together with a great amount of might mm-hmm. and push back the narrative as best we can. But within groups, there's always fractures and things like that. And I'm the little doctor. I'm the soldier doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm rambling now. I'm the soldier doctor. And I'm on the ground wanting to take care of people. And I see this expert say this right. in shot arena and even within our own arena, we're kind of agreed, but we all got to all become one voice Yeah, because there's very few of us doctors and nurses really trying to speak truth. Yeah, absolutely. And trying to discover truth. I, I think, you know, you touched on this earlier. I think it's a really important point is that, There is so much that is unknown. Uh, There are a lot of people on both sides claiming to have all the answers. And I I think that that's that's a fallacy. There's no way with how much has been uh, covert and how much has not been revealed and the short span of time. I, I, again, hesitate to say that just because I think this has been in the works for a very long time. But the short span of time with which we have anything that is uh, transparent with which to uh, assess and uh, analyze and to uh, examine, I think it's really hard for 
us to take anybody seriously who claims they have any of the answers definitively, you know, with the exception of some people who can say in their clinical experience, well, you know, they may not have definitive answers, but I can say, you know, someone like you can say, well, I'm seeing this works better with majority of my patients versus this. And that with the exception outside of that, the people who are claiming to have all the answers on this, I, you know, I question very, I'm a little suspicious. So do know. I. Yeah, so not necessarily I, that they they have malintent, just, you know, I don't know how they possibly could have all the answers. And I, I really say that uh, on both sides, you know, I say that with, but to for people to be seeking the truth, I think this is where in a time where uh, the people who have the ability, the training and the uh, the the groundwork to be able to make discovery need to be stepping up right now and doing whatever they can to try and tease out what is true, what is false and what will be beneficial moving forward. Yeah. Well, it springs a lot of discussion because I remember the beginning of the pandemic. I was, and I could, I could send you some of these emails. I remember sending emails to the billionaires or the people, the influencers saying, Hey, because I was trained under McCullough with early intervention. He was nice enough to to put us in one of the American Journal of Cardiology of us early treaters, early interventionalists. And I would would write emails to MSNBC Mm -hmm. or or Mark Cuban or or, or even even, um, the billionaire in Mexico. Forgot his name. It's 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 he 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 owned the company that dealt with phones. Uh, Carlos Slim. Oh, oh, I yeah. would write these emails well, saying, I'm not looking to any of those for <laughs> much uh, help, but yeah. 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 So, no, I would, I, I was reaching out like a naive sure. guy, a naive doctor, yeah. and trying to, you know, have people look, hey, we could, we could treat these symptoms. We can do this. And I always see people as playing intellectual games in the New York Times and psychiatry. I remember a psychiatrist calling one of our heroes uh uh what do you call a sale what do you call the salesman special salesman mm-hmm. snake oil salesman mm-hmm. and they're the true thing they're the true blue people that saved lives and and we doctors are on the ground really seeing it us thro- thousand people we really were doing the work and nobody's listening the deaf ears were ridiculous yeah i want to move back to this novel virus idea for one moment yeah may yeah. i yeah, may i I don't know what you'd call, it, but this is this is not a normal virus. I mean, I believe that there's no virus in history that has taken down so so many people in so many ways. Because I I have a patient who's a, a chiropractor seeing 40 to 60 people a day, never took a shot, got COVID at the time, was slammed for a lot of, a year or two, couldn't even get back to work. No virus does that. Right. Unless it's been, unless something else is going on. Right. So this is a very unusual virus. Yeah. Novel is to Madison Avenue. This is a very unusual virus. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was tinkered with. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 it just breeds a lot of resentment and anger in me to think that this flattened a lot of really beautiful, well-meaning people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to say that. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, there were a lot of things going on at the time. So um, you know, I, yes. I, I don't, you know, again, I don't claim to have the answers, but it does sound like something was going on that was causing, uh, you know, toxicity and Absolutely. extreme symptoms. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I, I what was extremely misunderstood is it's it's a vascular virus. Mm-hmm. And 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 there was a guy on the internet, uh, an ER doctor, an ICU doctor, and he, he got taken off Facebook or, or the, the YouTube really quickly because he was basically saying COVID is a vascular illness. It's a vascular viral illness. It's not just a lung illness. Right. And nobody would accept that until slowly well, they. There's so much vasculature in the lungs, as you would know. Um, so I think that that's part of the the, the confusion. Right, yeah. but in the beginning they weren't thinking like let's put people on blood thinners. And right. that's what people who get COVID, they're on blood thinners and they're on steroids. And then they tried this drug, remdesivir, which is a total disaster. Oh. But, pe- yeah. but it's still standard of care. And it's scary to think that a dangerous drug like that is standard of care. Yeah, well, and uh, I mean, when you look into the history of it, I mean, it's a uh, Bill Gates and uh, Soros have the patent on it. It's been around. For, yeah, it's been around for quite a while, actually. And it, it has not had good results previously. So no. for them to then push it in as a standard of care for something that was, you know, so devastating. Well, Dr. Merrick, Paul Merrick said it well in one of the conferences or what he called it in, in mm-hmm. government hearings. Mm-hmm. He said that they changed the goalpost. They changed the endpoint to mm-hmm. make it look good. Yeah. They actually changed the study midpoint to make it okay. Yeah. Who does that? Nobody tinkers. Now you're tinkering with research. Yep. Well, that's not fair. No, I think that's been going on for a very long time. The silver lining is I think that the the past you know few years have exposed because they did it in such a, an egregious manner that people it was hard to cover up how much corruption there really is. I, I don't think this corruption is new, nor do I think that, you know, like not to bring up, you know, outside, but like, I don't think the election fraud is new. <laughs> um, but I do think that the degree uh, was so much harder for them to cover the magnitude. And I think that that brought a level of, uh, you know, curiosity to the masses. So that to me is the silver lining that people are, uh, some of the corruption is being exposed. So little by little though, it's, it's, it's like chipping away at a, at an old rusty car. I mean, yeah. I want to be positive, but we got to get, we got to step this up. Yeah, and I I appreciate hearing it from because I I'm in this world. So so for me, like a lot of people are diving into this material. It feels like, well, duh, doesn't everybody know? Um, but it's really Not good again. to get a you know, a finger on the pulse of what what are the masses seeing, what are they thinking, and how much of the corruption really is uh being exposed, or how much of the are they even questioning? That, that's a well, really- here's the problem. Here's the problem. Yeah. We Americans, maybe it's too big of a country, but I would say, I don't want to be mean about this, but I'd say that people only care about themselves. And they bought into the safe and effective dialogue that when they hear, did you hear about so-and-so? They, they had a stroke. Right. Did you hear about so-and-so? They're no longer here. It's like, Hero, no evil, see no evil. Right. It's like a, a the blind, the, the 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 subconscious willful, subconscious or willful blindness is there. I have patients when I say, you know what, you got a shot and you felt, thank God you're okay because people have been really hurt by it, and they'll right. go to they'll right. look at me, my pays of, oh really, 
oh, that's bad. And you know, they're kind of being insincere about it because it's like it didn't happen to their loved one. So right. they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that bad things are happening around them. Sure. So quietly, people are getting ill. They're losing their jobs. There's a great book, as you might know. It's called uh, Cause Unknown. Mm-hmm. I actually have a picture of it on my car, both sides of my car. The picture of the book, Cause Unknown, talks about all the young folks that have been died suddenly. Right. There's deaf ears on died suddenly. There's deaf ears on that. And I'm driving around in my little car, my little Buick. They're like, and some people are looking at that car like, whoa, what's that? Uh-huh. There, there's this disconnect. Right. Right. This is the problem in mainstream, and 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 we're here to speak truth. But I don't want more people to die for this to blow up more, and 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 everybody's going, oh yeah, we're. I don't know what it's going to take. I don't want it to take more carnage and death and right. sickness. I don't want this to happen. I'm really worried. I'm I'm even worried about psychology people. Psychology people have been gaslighting their patients. Did you know that? Psychology people, they're not listening to their patients because they thought the vax was safe and effective. Oh, I got long COVID. Oh, did you take the shot? No, I didn't want to. Well, you see, these are psychology people with no heart. Right. There's a lot of dynamics here, Courtney, that we need to crack through a very thick wall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. What? So you were talking about, I, I want to get to the shots before we do, you You were talking about the court case with ivermectin and yes. using ivermectin as a uh, treatment, both for people who have taken the injections as well as people who yes. were suffering symptoms. Yes. Um, so what does that look like? And do you have any thoughts on why it's working? Or oh, sure, I have a lot. Well, when I was an expert witness in these three cases, well, I was an expert witness in more, but we won mm-hmm. three. So the first one was in Elmhurst Hospital. The, the second was Condell. And the third one was uh, Naperville. Okay. Uh, two women and one man. Uh, the first one was uh, on a ventilator for greater than 20 days. I was in the, I actually gave ivermectin for 20 days straight. I went to the hospital. She finally got off the ventilator. Um, All three got off ventilators when we added ivermectin. So, but let me answer your question. How does it work? There was a brilliant young ENT doctor, Zahidi, I think out of UK, who put a journal article together and, and and found and put all the articles and there's 20 mechanisms of action of ivermectin, 20 mm-hmm. antiviral create helps the lungs become less stiff, helps the cytokine storm. I just mentioned three right modulates other activities, spike protein. So this, this drug comes from the ground. It's naturally found from the ground from a, it was, it was developed it from a product. No, no, no. It's from a it's from a bacteria from the ground that then got more produced. And actually, it won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2015 for river blindness. Yes. Um, It's an amazing naturally derived drug, but it's also been used in adjunctive therapy for cancer. So there's literature on that. Mm -hmm. It's used as antiviral. 
and but it's well known for being an antiparasitic for animals. And that's what the FDA try to push out and scare people. Mm-hmm. It's a human drug as well. It's it's right. it's deserving of accolades of miraculous. It's like I, it's like the penicillin. Mm-hmm. Actually, it has a it has a more of a favorable track record than penicillin because probably 500 people die a year of penicillin from allergic reactions, allergic reactions. Ivermectin doesn't have that. We wouldn't get rid of penicillin, would we? What? Penicillin is also really hard on the gut. And we know how we wouldn't get rid of it though, right? It's saved lives. It's hard on the gut, but it's, it has saved lives. It's a miraculous drug penicillin. Right. But if you go in the numbers, Ivermectin has better numbers than penicillin yearly in terms of adverse effects. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that penicillin is should never. No, I know that. I know that. But I'm no. just saying it's not like you know there there's you have to weigh out the risk versus reward and uh, you know it's not like it has no side effects. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious when you were talking about the antiparasitic component, which is the one that they demonize. Um, I actually think that might be kind of the reason because it. I, from what I and you know, I'm not a doctor. I just do research. Uh, but from my observation, it seems like that actually might be the strongest component uh, of why it works, and also why it might be beneficial for people who've taken these injections. I know in in there's a lot we don't know about the injections, but what we do know is that there's this nanolipid encasement, and it it, it uses a hydrogel. Um, and I've done a little bit of research into the DARPA hydrogel, and it mimics like a like a hydra parasite, you know, which is a water parasite. Uh, and this is a synthetic very variant of that. And so it behaves like a a parasite would uh, an organic parasite that would when it enters a you know an organic uh, organism like a human, for instance. So it has a similar mechanism in how it behaves. So it would, I again, this is just speculation, but from my very layman brain, it seems that it would then follow that something that it has an anti-parasitic property might be able to uh, target that and, uh, you know, uh, mitigate against. Yeah, that's interesting. That that wasn't discussed in this journal article, but I love the idea. It, it, mm-hmm. it makes sense, but. But part of the anti-parasitic action is 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 there's some sort of a chloride channel switcheroo with the ivermectin. It does, works on, I think it works on some sort of uh, elemental channel, which is also anti-parasitic. So there's there, there's some sort of a chloride that's channel thing. So that's where you want to look. Some Sodium of, chloride channel or just chloride? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I can't. Okay. But but that's probably its own anti-parasitic way of dealing with that, and so right because it affects what they're feeding yeah. off of and what what right, cells they right. can enter. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm. I, I can't. Yeah, but th- that's a great metaphor. What you're saying, if it's true, mm-hmm. I just know that it, it 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 these twenty different activities. I wish I could. I didn't memorize them, but it's in sure, a great yeah. journal article. It's in a great journal article in Nature magazine, and they. If you yeah. if you could find it at some point, maybe you can send it to me, I, and I'll link it. I will send you. You people. you will you will love that. Yeah, it's on okay. my. I left it on my website, docintheloop.com, dot com, d o c in the loop dot com. Um, I I left it there. I left some journal articles there okay. and other things. Yeah, yeah. So that's but, um, great. Yeah, I could get that to you with through okay. an email. Yes, Courtney. Yes. Yeah. No, that would be great. I'd love to 
examine that and see. You no, know, you love this article. I, 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 uh, she's in her fellowship, Dr. Zaidi, and she's just, she's my hero. She's the quiet hero behind the scenes, just doing the research, showing it up. Right. Do, yeah. do you no. think what? So, do, I do. Are there any kind of negative effects that people have had from any of these drugs that you're? I know they say they're. Well, well they, you know. Well, ivermectin. Sometimes there's a dizzy, a dizziness that happens once in a while. Sometimes a stomach. Sometimes a constipation. But it's it's rare. Right. It's very rare, and um, you know it's. And if it were true and I wasn't worried about it, we'd go lower on the medication first and slowly move up. I, 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 I've used thousands of these dosages. It's an amazing drug, really. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's such a curious drug. I can remember in my third case, the, the, the man was on a ventilator for five. I, he was on a ventilator for a long while, but I worked there for five days. After the fifth day, his oxygenation went up really well. One of my it was in one of my Fox News articles. Uh, I was in Fox, not personally in Fox, but I was being reported about in Fox and one of the Fox channels right. back then. Yeah. And they did a breathing test like the day after the first or second dosage. The breathing test got better when you have to challenge the breathing on the ventilator. The right. breathing got better. It was the NG case, the in case. Oh. Five days later, I was like worried because they weren't tying his arms down with the ventilator because, you know, you could get pull it out the the, the, the tube. Mm-hmm. And I was warning, you know, and after the fifth day, he extubated himself. Wow. And that could be really dangerous, right? Because sure. you're not ready. It wasn't true. The next day he went on a regular floor. So the adding of the ivermectin in his case, after five days. He was able to go to a regular floor. He just pulled the tube himself. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was everything else saved his life too, but sure. that added extra thing. I remember seeing the oxygenation going from 93% to 100% for five minutes after I administered it. Wow. So under my hands, I'm watching it work. So when I see all these journal articles talking about all these things, I'm like, what are you talking about? You, you're... You're talking about the there's there's this there's these different studies. Mm-hmm. And you always go back to a few things. Right. How long did they treat? How much did they give? Right. And how late did they start it? Right. Right. You see? So so if if you started it too late, gave too little, right. and not right. long enough, you're not gonna have a you're not gonna have a success. Sure. It's that simple. Sure. It's right. that simple. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Doesn't take a rocket science. Not yeah. a big deal. Right. See where I'm going with that? So yeah. if, if they uh so if they took uh the injection, I, I the reason I'm kind of harping on this is because we've already seen uh you know some of the articles come out about you know the military talking about how they wanted to create some sort of Transmissible. I actually wrote an article almost three years ago now on the shedding. I wrote it as yes. a speculative piece at the time, but it does look like a lot of what I had said and put forth you were right. corroborated. Yeah. I had 39 sources in the article, so it wasn't like it was speculative, but I didn't pull it out of my butt. You know, it wasn't just like grasping at straws or anything. I it was very well sourced. But in that, 
we know that the the mechanism, the technology exists and the experiments have been done to have some sort of either self-disseminating vaccines, which the Johns Hopkins article uh, research journal talks about, um, and then also to have it be aerosolized. Uh, they, they have done some uh, experiments and some research with that. So I... My long-winded way of saying that I, I'm very curious about treatments for those who've taken the injection because then it it may behoove some of those who have inadvertently been affected as well without having necessarily taken it themselves. It'd be the same. Right. That That's what like, I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I think I was a victim of shedding. Really? I okay. had some, I know I had some sort of a, lower abdominal pain right after being around somebody freshly vaccinated, Mm -hmm. vaccinated. And I stayed away and I took ivermectin and hydroxy and lots of D and it went away. And and, and just to speak of anecdotal, because you did your research, I've got patients that say they, when they're around somebody freshly vaccinated, they get their, their period came back. If it's a woman, Mm-hmm. Or if it's a man or a woman, they get nosebleeds. Right. By being around freshly vaccinated people, something's yeah. going on. So, yes. Yeah. And what would we would do? You would give ivermectin and you would give steroids if you needed, or I'd start with the ivermectin. Start with it. And I've done what? that. I've done that. So, what and what in terms of obviously it varies for the patient, I assume, but what, what do you recommend for people typically? Like, I, I'm not asking you to give medical advice, but just so people have a sense of like, you know, is there a dose that matters? Is there a, a like, can you take too much? Is it? Yeah. Like, that well, kind of well, well, I know in South America, we had a great guy, Dr. Chang, Gustavo mm-hmm. Chang. He would go as high as 1.2 milligrams per kilogram. We don't do that here. The FLCCC.net goes as high as 0.6 milligrams per kilogram. When I was in the hospital, I was doing 0.4 milligrams per kilogram to 0.5 milligrams per kilogram. So it depends. Yeah. So if it's a long COVID case or a shot injured case, Mm -hmm. it would be 0.2 milligrams per kilogram for 14 days and then do another round of it if you need it. Once a day, not... Once a day, exactly. Once a day, exactly. Exactly. Because I know it, it I, I, I might be incorrect on this, but I think it has a half-life of 18 hours, right? So I think I, you're I, right around that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I've heard yeah. people recommending twice a day, but that seems kind of Yeah, you don't need make it. Make much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't need it. No, you don't need it. But right. um yeah, so it, I would treat people like that. And you know, that's you know, there's the different companies have different menus, like the FLCCC yeah. has a menu and uh, Dr. McCullough has his menu yeah, of things and, you know, and sometimes this doesn't work. You got to switch it up. You got to play with it. You got to mm-hmm. look for more problems. You got to, you know, to me, it's never one size fits all. Just like the shot was never one size fits all. Right. Never. Right. Yeah. You shouldn't treat a patient like that. Every patient is unique and they react differently. Of course. You know, sometimes the spike protein goes to the ovaries for a woman and and sometimes maybe it doesn't. It'll go, the shot will go more towards the joints or the arthritis or both or it's 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 really, I, I'm always looking for markers 
Mm-hmm. Always looking for markers to do pre and post testing just to see if I can make changes. You know what I mean? So, what kind of testing do you do or recommend? Well, I'll do things like thrombin antithrombin complex. Mm-hmm. I learned that from a very astute chiropractor who had long COVID. He's getting better finally. Good. I'll do a plasminogen activator inhibitor. I'll 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 look at the SARS semi quantitative spike to be kind of an antibody, to be an indirect measure of spike burden. That's a little, it's like, well, no, you're just checking the antibody. How do you know you're really checking the real, because nobody's ever done enough work in looking for spike all around the body. Nobody's looking. Kind of like if you don't look, then you don't know. So you're hearing all the stories about the spike uptake in autopsies. That's where you're going to see people talking about it. Right. There There was a New York group that actually had a biosensor that they keep trying to call New York to see what is this biosensor and how does it pick off just the spike protein. Right. So I'm always looking for for microscopes and different things. I'm looking even in regular hospitals, I'm looking for a coag test to look for to look for uh, the blood being a little bit more sludgy. Mm-hmm. We get stories all the time of patients saying they're shot injured or they're, they they had COVID or both. You know, the phlebotomist says my my blood is dripping out slowly. Mm. So they're like, whoa, what's that? Right. So I'm always looking. So I'm just showing you. I'm always on surveillance watch and always looking how to find the next scientist to help me mm-hmm. get my pre and my post. Right. Pre, pre-testing, treatment, and then post-testing. Right. So I'm the, seeing um, a few people with aspirin. The thrombin, antithrombin is going down. I'm I even have one anecdotal story about a person whose anxiety got better after taking four baby aspirins a day. Her anxiety got better. So why? If it's true, more blood flow to the brain will yield perhaps less anxiety. It's very interesting. Yeah. Blood flow is yeah. a very big deal to this whole process of inflammation. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of mimickers, Courtney. There's mimickers of POTS, pos- postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Mm-hmm. Dr. Vaughn calls it CATS, COVID-associated tachycardia syndrome. He calls it CATS. That's his own name. There's things that look like MS. Some are MS. Some look like MS that get worse. So Lyme was called the big mimicker, if you don't know that, Lyme, Lyme disease. Right. Well, this this shot injury COVID thing is becoming a mimicker as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the prowl. All of, see, the problem is, is I, I come from the background of a chronic. I, I used to treat fibromyalgia. I still do chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic headaches. So this is my wheelhouse of chronicity because right. this long COVID or piece S what's it called? Post sequelae something, PSAC, that's their new term for long COVID. Mm. Post sequelae after COVID or some PSAC something, long COVID. We're always looking for mimickers. Right. I've got people losing women. They're like, I don't know why I can't lose weight. What's going on? Did you have COVID? Yes. Did you have shots? Yes. I don't know why I can't lose weight. All the regular things don't work. Cholesterol is another example. Mm-hmm. High blood pressure is a guy lost 20 pounds today or 15 pounds. He's got a blood pressure. I say, well, you took two shots. Somehow the spike protein might be messing with your kidneys. 
making blood pressure issues, maybe, or something else making blood pressure issues. Right. So I'm on the prowl doing surveillance for even regular folks who say that they did well with that faux shot, faux vaccine. You know what I mean? Faux phage. Yeah. Right. Like a saline or? No, like I call it's genetic. Oh, you're saying like the faux shot. Yeah. I mean. No, it's not a vaccine. Yeah. Genetic therapy. Yes. I've gone. We know that. I don't really think any of the vaccines are vaccines per se, but yeah. So that's a whole nother conversation, but I definitely don't think these are even what the traditional definition of vaccine purported to be. This is nowhere near. Well, that. the fear, the, 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 the fear about this mm-hmm. is, is, is if they start creating more messenger RNA products for mm-hmm. Flu modified RNA, right? Because it's really yeah, the not- modified RNA. If they keep yeah. doing that, I mean, yeah. so I get patients that ask me, "Well, should I get the flu shot?" I say, "Well, make sure it's not the modified RNA." Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think the flu shot was good either. And now we know that the flu shots have a lot of these adjuvants in them, like a lot of they're finding graphene oxide in them. They're finding, uh, you know, we know the high levels of metals. So yeah. I, to me, it never made any sense anyway. Like, even if you subscribe to the narrative that they sold you, it didn't make any sense because their narrative was that there's like a hundred billion strains of the flu supposedly every year. But don't worry, we found the one that you're going to get and we are going to give you an injection to inoculate you against it. I'm like, even if you believed all of that, which sounds like nonsense to me, but if you believed it, it was like, what are your odds? This is just basic math here. <laughs> like your odds are not very good. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, but by the way, I, you'll take it and you might feel like you have the flu. So wait, I'm going to take a shot to prevent me from feeling sick, but then I'm going to get the symptoms that I didn't want by taking this thing to prevent me from getting the symptoms that I don't want. Wait, say that again? <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's kind of in a nutshell how I feel about that. <laughs> I never had a flu shot in my life. Yeah. Good for you. I never had a COVID shot in my life. Yeah, well, that's... And I never will. I tried really hard because they were, like, castigating me, like, oh, my God, the unvaccinated doctor. And I and I want to help people with the ivermectin. And, like, what if there were more cases and I'm going to get more blowback from the courts right. or from the people or from the hospital? And I'm like, so I looked in the mirror one day and I'm like, okay, God, okay, should it be Novavax? Let me just take one. Right. Let me just get it over with. Mm-hmm. And every time I looked in the mirror, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we need more people to have the courage to say no. Because I think that this next round, I think it's the, the fear campaign is going to be that much stronger. Um, this is just, I hope not, I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I hope more people have a little bit of awareness and have the fortitude to just say no. I'm, I'm, I get so frustrated, Courtney. I've written lyrics to two songs. One's a rap and one's an opera. Could be a Broadway opera. I'm not kidding you. I get wow. so enveloped. I've right. written... <laughs> I even, I even my favorite, my favorite patients or my favorite whatever they they know what I'm about I actually sing it to them in the car oh that's funny 
<laughs> the the yeah. singing doctor, the singing doctor to his lyrics to the rap, and this thing that's with with you know you can imagine this appositional thing where the, the patient is afraid. Oh my God, doctor, doctor, doctor! It doesn't you know? And then the other side says, "No, you must take the shot." Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole dynamic. Right. I, I want to share it with the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, any good rappers or operatic people that are on our side, I will I will audition for them. <laughs> well, I know I happen to yeah. know a few because uh, I I'm I there, I'm there. You can I'm, all right. I'll Maybe we'll bring you to the next cause fest. Um, I do a, a festival. It's called Creative Artists Uniting for the Sovereignty of Everyone. We're we're doing. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm there if you want me to do it. I'll I'll, bring, I'll find a guitar <laughs> player for me or. or uh, you know, I'll I'll blow a horn. You know, I'll blow my shofar. You know, to to wake people up. I'll do any yeah. whatever I can. Thank there's you. Some, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's something biblical somewhere where God was. I don't know the passage. Somebody has to help me. That he was God had had the Israelites go against this big group, and he pruned down the whole. Because some were afraid, some this, he let them go, let them go. Right. And then it came down to 100, and then he came down to 10. And then some of the 10 or the 100 were the ones that were blowing the horn mm -hmm. loudly. And the other side was like, uh-oh, the horn is being blown. Uh, this uh, this is where that song, uh, Blow Gabriel Blow, right? It might be that, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. Gabriel, yeah. blow your horn. Yeah. I have I a tweet that has my horn. I actually put a tweet <laughs> where I'm blowing the shofar. I've got very fun tweets. It's like they're crazy, but they're interesting. They're not crazy at all. They're interesting. They rhyme. They have rhymes to it. Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. whatever. Well, we need, we need the humor and we, we need the entertainment for sure. I think yeah. that's well, a I really think we got to get through. We got to get through with 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 art. People yeah, need exactly. to hear and that's why I devised these two lyrical uh, things. Yes, that's why we just started the cause fest. Absolutely. So I, I think maybe, that's the maybe. way to go for sure. Oh, it's. I might, uh, have to, I might have to audition for you. I might have to audition. For you. Yes, for sure. <laughs> we, we we need that. So no, that's great. Yeah. So with this next round, do you think I do they you think they're going to have more shots, different types of shots? I know they're talking about the cancer vaccine. Um, and uh, they're talking about this new variant. So I, I'm just wondering, what do you think the same protocol that you've been using will be effective for people? Is that what you'll? I I think yes. I think I, I remember with Omicron, we had to add in the hydroxychloroquine if people mm -hmm. don't have cardiac or arrhythmias, you know, because we worry about mm -hmm. that. But I think we're going to. I've noticed with one or two of my patients, I've needed to add maybe the hydroxychloroquine in addition to the ivermectin. Um, I really believe we have the tools mm -hmm. that Dr. McCullough and the FLCCC and Dr. Chetty, I'm shouting out to all our heroes and Dr. Daryl DeMello in India. Actually, he he say he claims to have saved over 15,000 people with two days of ivermectin in 15 days of colchicine. There's literature about colchicine and acute COVID. I'm sorry. What's colchicine? 
Yeah, it's the drug. It's the drug of choice for gout. You've heard of gout. Yeah. And it's the drug of choice for myocarditis for young people with, per- I mean, pericarditis. And they could be on the drug for two to five, two, two to four months, but they did a cold Corona trial, but then they cut it short. Luckily, there, there you go. They cut it short, a little short, but they had some numbers that showed it was very useful. Okay. Colchicine is very good with its antiplatelet activity. Very good. Okay. I've had to put people on blood thinners at the house because they were their pulse ox was down and they didn't want to go to the hospital. I I had people that refused to go to the hospital that scared the crap out of me. And I had to get an IV nurse there because mm-hmm. the COVID was hitting the lung tissue and we had to get IV fluids there. Right. So fluids are always important. Electrolyte fluids are very important. So sure. just you know, regular electrolytes. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. That helps a lot. Hydration. <laughs> hydration, hydration, Courtney. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And and why is that what is it affecting their hydration? Why why is that important? Well, any 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 virus is just gonna dehydrate you. It's just gonna just eat up the water somehow. I don't know. Or they don't drink. They don't drink fluids because they're sick. Mm-hmm. They fever, burns up the water, sure. or just the virus itself somehow burns up the water. And you need the electrolytes to carry through the oxygen. Right. You know, and that was the original thing. People got afraid. Oh, my God, you're going to go into heart failure because this is a special virus. That was totally wrong. People were being dried out and it killed a lot of people. If every ER gave a liter of fluids in the beginning of the pandemic, we would have had less dead people, less dead people because it was I'm going to tell you that. Why do I know that from my anecdotes where my nurse went to the house of three or four people right. and they were on five liters, seven liters of oxygen, eight liters of oxygen and setting saturation of 92 percent, only 92 percent. We gave them a liter of fluids. We dialed down the oxygen and their oxygen, their their uh, their their numbers went up mm-hmm. just with regular fluids alone. We could have saved thousands of lives by giving electrolyte fluids, normal saline. This is a real tragedy. This is bigger. Well, no, no, no. You're going to make ARDS, acute respiratory. Oh, my. No. Unless you have a heart failure problem, you would have saved hundreds, thousands of lives. Wow. This was a big, big mistake. I put it in my FLCCC. They did one of those things called My Story. I'm in the My Story. And I just talked about basic, normal sailing. Incredible. My nurse was like, Dr. Bain, look at this. Look at this, Dr. Bain. I can dial down the oxygen from seven liters to two liters. And now their oxygenation is up after one liter of fluid. That's that's so tragic. Something so simple. We have another hero. He's in Florida. He was giving methylpred the way the FLCCC said. Okay. But he had a lot of experience. When they gave the dexamethasone, they gave the equivalent of 30, let's see, five, 10, 30 milligrams of prednisone a day or 30 twice a day, but maybe just 30 a day. That's not enough to save a life. You needed at least 80 milligrams of methylpred, even without ivermectin in the hospital. Fluids. Anticoagulation, 
at least 120 milligrams of methylpred twice a day for a day or two or three or four days, then go to 83 times a day, you would have saved lives. They gave too little steroids. They, well, that's what the protocol said. You had to give more steroids. I believe there's a WHO article I'm looking up that says you could give more steroids, but everybody's following rules to the degree you had to give more steroids. There's even literature about methylpred being better Methylpred being better than dexamethasone. Salucortef, same thing. Methylpred being better than dexamethasone. And why? Do we know why? We did, they did studies. I don't know why. It get, maybe it, 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 it penetrated the tissues better. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Point is, they didn't give enough. There you go again. Okay. okay. These, these were people that got remdesivir. Because he, this doctor, gave lots. And I don't, he didn't give me permission to give the name, so I'm not going to do that. But the point is, he gave such high-dose steroids, legitimately high-dose. 83 times a day is not that high. But higher than dexamethasone, Mm -hmm. methylpred was amazing. And that was while people were on ventilator. Some on ventilators, but 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 the remdesivir. So you needed more steroids. You needed more of the steroids to save a life with the fluids. There were so many easy ways to save a life. So many easy ways to save a life. It's really gobsmacking, Courtney. Gobsmacking. Yeah, that's crazy. It's astounding. It's astounding. Yeah. Simple things. Simple things. I've heard that even things like uh, blood pressure, a lot of it has to do with hydration. So they're putting all these people on all these medications when they could be regulating their hydration, which would be doesn't have side effects and doesn't cost them money. <laughs> so, yeah. It depends on which kind of hydration you mean. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I am. You mean not to, to not use medications? Right. And, yeah. That they, I, I've seen some... Uh, it depends on the hydrate. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Depends. Like it depends on the salt. Like I know certain salts, like mm-hmm. we've seen blood pressure go up with sodium. Mm-hmm. So we, we've taken down blood pressure with depends on the hydration, which specific type of hydration. Yeah. But there were studies done that uh, said that a lot of they were showing a correlation between high blood pressure and dehydration. Um which would mean that, yeah, I mean, obviously, hydration in terms of what you're going to do to fix the dehydration, uh, the salt profile is going to vary depending on what they're deficient in right. or Correct. what their surplus Correct. is. Uh, Correct. But Correct. My, my point is really just that that would be is that, that now you're addressing the root cause <laughs> and uh, now you're you're also providing a potential solution that doesn't require medication that would have other side effects or possible uh, risks or contraindications and doesn't cost them anything, uh, you know, other than maybe some, uh, you know, electrolytes, which, yeah, is relatively in the grand scheme of things pretty cheap. So (laughs) I'm just saying, but that's, you know, then you have these people who are now on medication for, they prescribe them for life indefinitely, uh, and it causes a whole host of other side effects Absolutely. and yes. uh, risk factors and contraindications to other medications. Absolutely. And it can I, have all been prevented. <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of simple things yeah. can be done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And 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 it's 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 real weird, simple things. It's just really weird. Yeah. 
So I I think the silver lining here, though, is that uh, I keep pointing to this because I do think it is a silver lining is that uh, COVID has shown us that that and it's you know, it can be extrapolated to other uh, other illnesses, other, uh, you know, experiences where there are simple uh, accessible solutions that are not being utilized Um and, uh, you know, it's certainly this is not the only instance of that, but I think it's bringing it's highlighting that. So hopefully yes. people will start to acknowledge that and explore the other remedies that are things like maybe yeah. the person's dehydrated and doesn't need to be on a lifetime of drugs. <laughs> so No, I get you. I get you. Yeah. The, 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 the larger another large problem is is uh, doctors are not listening to their patients because they yeah. don't know how yeah. to deal. So when a patient that doesn't have awareness like you or I do, and they come in with sicknesses and illnesses, they're feeling very lost and very unheard. Example, long COVID clinics, the tragedies that I'm seeing are on Reddit and on Facebook, all these groups Mm-hmm. They're all treating themselves because no doctor is listening to them. They go to long COVID clinics. And I don't know if you were going to go here, but I needed to make a shout out to, you know, we need smarter doctors looking at different ideas because all these patients do is they get shoved from specialist to specialist. And then they say, this looks normal. That looks normal. And they they don't know what to do. And I'm with patients already. They've been to like three neurologists and, and two cardiologists and 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 they they're just not putting two and two together. They're and looking it's just, in silos. I mean, it's it's so compartmentalized and hyper specialized that they're not looking at the whole person. Um correct. You know, that's not to say that there's never a time and a place for a specialist, but right. I think we've gotten to a point where it's become so compartmentalized that they almost correct. forget they're dealing with a human. It's like we're a cardiologist is only looking at the heart. Like, well, there could correct. be other things affecting the heart. So correct. And they won't stick their neck out and try different ideas. They won't, they, they minimize the patient. So I told you about the psychological psych, uh, the therapy people minimizing the patient. Well, the medical people, the medical people are minimizing them. The patient knows there's something wrong and they're just not trying to find out different ideas. And one thing that I do is I'm always never going to give up. I'm always looking for another angle to explore. Right. I'm always looking like, well, we didn't try this. Well, let's look for that. And the doctors, they put their hands up. They're like, well, I don't know. Go here. I don't know. You're just anxious. And they just relegate everything to anxiety because they don't know what to do. They're very, a lot of my brothers and sister doctors are very lost. And they don't know what they do. They don't know what to do. And they've bought a narrative hook, line, and sinker. And... They, it's almost like they can't hear injury. They can't hear, feel death. They can't. So a lot of my tweets are like, you'll hear things like, oh, it's rare. That hardly ever happens. Mm-hmm. So then they dismiss it. Right. But nobody's ever asked, well, how many times do you have to have rare things happen? Right. Well, it's rare. What do you mean it's rare? These rare things are happening. Right. So every time I talk to these researchers, well, that's rare. I say, Rare within a one year period, you have like 50 rares 
When you're supposed to see three rares? No, it's just rare. There's, it's like, it, no offense, the shot might affect their head. Are you not listening to me? These are 50 rares in a year, year and a half. These are not three rares. It doesn't go into the doctor's head. It's not going in, Courtney. This is like a crisis. I don't know if the spike protein went into the brain of the doctors. I'm not saying that definitely, but it's not going in. And what are you referencing that they're saying is rare? Certain cancers. Like I remember Dr. Cole saying some tissue sarcoma. If he sees one in 10 years, Mm -hmm. that's like one doctor, one in 10 years. Now he's seen three in a year. I had one person actually outside my house. They were they were mourning the death of a young lady who had three children die of this rare sarcoma. Point is, these things are not supposed to happen. Right. The rare myocarditis not supposed to happen in so many so many numbers. The the cancers. Right. I have a patient who got. A carcinoid in the lung is supposed to be rare in 50-year-olds and above. He's 30, he's in his old his mid-30s. He got a rare thing that's never supposed to happen. Wow. And then the doctor's like, oh hey, it's rare, but good thing. We took care of it. It's slow growing. It's not like, huh? <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. Right. The doctors about all need these to athletes who are just the doctors are sleepy. The doctors are sleepy. They're not caring about their patients. Right. They're not being advocates. The yeah, doctors are not saying, hey, that's, not supposed, that's not supposed to happen. Right. Why is that happening? All these young people getting myocarditis and heart attacks. And yeah, no, that's that's not supposed to happen at all. The yeah. book Cause Unknown, there's seven kids on the cover. They're dying in their sleep or dying in the middle of an activity. It's not supposed to happen. Right. Point is, it's not supposed to happen. So the the shot is the big elephant in the room. Right. It's the big elephant in the room that everybody's like putting a blind eye to. Yeah. Willful blindness. It's incredible. Willful blindness. Yeah. Well, I I hope people look at it mostly just because I I want to. There are a lot of people who are good, decent people who've just fallen for these narratives, and you know they were really scared. Scared people feel desperate. Desperate people do desperate things. And so we want to be able to, we can't find solutions for them um, and ways to help them to detox from the poisons if we uh, if we can't examine what's actually happening. And as I alluded to earlier, I do think that they are going to do everything possible to try and poison the people who did not willingly uh, let themselves be injected. I think that inadvertently, you know, you had mentioned your own experience with some of the shedding. I personally, uh, and I wrote this in my article, I had an experience like, you know, obviously we can't prove it. I don't have a quantifiable evidence. This is purely anecdotal, but uh, it's the only time it was right around the time when like everybody was taking this and I was flying a lot. So I was in congested small areas and, uh, you know, enclosed areas. And I started getting my, my cycles were 13 days. 
uh, that anybody who knows anything about a woman's cycle knows that's not normal. <laughs> I have never in my life experienced that prior to, <laughs> you know, 2021 and that that period of time. Right. It was a little odd and there was no other variable I could foresee. So, <laughs> yeah, so it seems like that's the kind of the elephant in the room that people aren't talking about. But so I feel like I was having effects and I did not take any experimental drugs um, you know, but I was experiencing something that was quite unusual uh, at a time when a lot of other people were putting their arms up to take this experimental injection. So I, I think I'm hoping that with, uh, you know, some of these protocols that you're exploring and that, you know, patients who are willing to uh, explore, particularly for people who have taken this, if we can see some benefit, then maybe that'll help, you know, everybody really. Um, cause I don't think, I don't see that they're going to stop. I think whatever they can do to poison us, they will. And I think that there's hope for, uh, you know, some natural kind of detox pathways as well. Uh, I'm a yeah. big fan yeah. of people taking, you know, if they don't have, because as you pointed to, and this is a huge problem and I talk about this a lot. So for me, I was born with a lot of medical complications. You know, my life was really in the hands of very traditional Western allopathic medicine, uh, you know, and I'm very grateful. I, you know, they've, they've helped me and served me tremendously. Uh, but unfortunately, like so many other people over the past few years, that trust is very broken. I, very I'm, broken. Yeah, I'm terrified to go into, I don't want to end up in any kind of emergency room settings. I don't want to go into a hospital if I can avoid it. Uh, you know, not that anybody thinks they're fun. I'm not advocating that we should rush in, but I don't even want to see doctors that are affiliated with mainstream, uh, you know, hospitals or... Uh, I yeah, because I don't feel that I can trust them to, you know, have, a, you know, give me the type of care that I want to see. So whatever types of holistic alternative practices people can take some sort of uh, power into their own hands, I'm, I really want to encourage people to do that and empower them. With well, them. another thing, you know, I, you know, it sounds like I'm pitching, but I'm not pitching myself. Sure. The former feds group has bans that says allergic to remdesivir great to look up the former feds groups because and make a donation because former be feds group can you spell that fez like the whole let me give you the email yeah because because you know we need you need to feel at peace that way does that make sense so yeah Carol, and i'd love to give that yeah i'd like my my, Blakeman, and my family to have yeah that. yeah yeah carolyn blakeman uh, runs that um, it's called the former feds group. Let me give you the exact, I'm sorry. Give me one moment. Okay. You know, but I bought uh, some, uh, like, like I said, some, I'm trying to hurry up. You know, when you have to hurry up, it's kind of crazy. No worries. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. You could basically, it's carolyn.blakeman at, but but the group is formerfedsgroup.org. Formerfedsgroup.org. Formerfedsgroup, one word, dot is, org. Is yeah. feds, F-E-D-S? F-E-D-S group.org. Yeah, you could okay. get, yeah. And then okay. um, they also have another website where people are sharing their stories about how the the, the hospital protocols you know, people died from remdesivir, their loved ones. Mm -hmm. She's interviewed, they've interviewed over 200 people. But 
But that's a like like you said. I wanted to put that out there because you have a, a band that says you're allergic, so they can because we have stories of people saying I don't want the remdesivir, right? Yeah, and, and they still give it, or somehow they sneak it in, or who knows yeah. what. It's real creepy, real creepy, real really creepy. Really creepy. Uh, when my mom was sick, I fought with her. I did not want her to go to the hospital because even if she, you know, after the conversation said, "Okay, I won't take." Remdesivir, I didn't want them to sneak it in. And it's awful to think that way, that you can't trust them, that they're going to do something, uh, you yes. know, without your knowing and without your consent. What happened to informed consent? That's just, it's unconscionable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. You're totally right. Yeah. I mean, there are groups that, are, you know, to, to go to your other story about different supplements, there's, yeah, you know, the wellness group you know about. Yes. Yeah, they're they're great. I have a link there, for them. There, and yeah, there's a, there's another group I know, uh, my Virogo. There's like twelve different products in a in a liquid mm-hmm. that that's supposed to help. Okay. Uh, you know, people are put. Yeah, it's 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 via it's myvirogo.com. V i r Virogo. O go. V i r o g o. It very lots of interesting products. To supposedly it grabs the spike protein. Supposedly, I'm testing it. Sure. You know, that it tries to clean it out, mm. you know, but if there's all these groups that are trying their best, yeah. I'm more of a sharpshooter. I like, okay, I want to work on spike. Okay, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and let's retest. That's how I operate. Sure. Yeah. And and I, and I know Dr. McCullough for his discussion of spike is, and that's not in his product. He's talking about curcumin, um, bromelain and natto mm-hmm. and he's and that's not in his product per se maybe one of them but so they're putting different things out there you know sure. but i i i'm a sharpshooter with my work i pick certain ones that i think are going to do it you know i don't yeah. that's how i am yeah you know? no, some people great. are allergic to certain things yeah no that's true too no. that's true too so, um, so. I'll definitely look at this uh, former feds group yeah. to, for the bracelet. Yeah, study that. And if you want a personal introduction to Carol, and I'll be happy to. Okay, yeah, I would love one that. Of our heroes, and I, I have another hero, Catherine Parker, who's got 4,500 people who are vax injured. Cat oh. Parker of Minnesota, and okay. she's one of my heroes. And so I, I'm tight with these two beautiful ladies. Great. Yeah, thank you. So trying to stay tight. And I'm I'm pushing Edward Dowd's book. Mm-hmm. I got it in my car because it's a picture book. Yeah. And it's got graphs. Yeah. The story's right there. Yeah. Right there in the book. It's all, all the data. He's got the numbers. wake up people with the lyrics and everything. I'm trying my best. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. We, we, we need yeah. it. Hopefully people will listen so that... This next time around, we don't. Have and, I, and I have 16, 15 states at DocInTheLoop.com. So I'm taking care of COVID, long COVID, shot injured, DOCInTheLoop.com. I've got 15 states I can do telehealth. So I'm trying to get out there and be there for people. Yeah. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I was saying that, that this next time around, hopefully people do not comply they with whatever it is they're going to try and uh, push through the next fear campaign so um <laughs> well here's the thing here's what i tell patients 
Should I get the shot, Dr. Bain? I say, you got the best shot in the pl- on the planet. Mm-hmm. She says, they say, what do you mean? I say, didn't you get COVID? Oh, yeah, yeah I right, did. Right. I did get COVID. I say, you got the best shot on the planet. You can't beat that. <laughs> you cannot beat that. Mm-hmm. You've got the you've got the every the whole enchilada. You got the whole thing. You mm-hmm. just don't have the spike because the spike's going to change. You got the the, the the envelope and the, whatever is in that whole virus enchilada. You got the whole enchilada. Mm-hmm. You've got natural immunity. Right? How dare the government not push the fact that we have natural immunity? Yeah, I, I mean there were many countries who were honoring natural immunity, and. Uh, how could you not honor it? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's uh, it's yeah. very curious for sure. <laughs> if they, uh, if it's it's the like paradox of their narratives because if they expect us to believe that this is a virus, um, you know, which I I question quite honestly. But if you if you if we're told to believe this and accept that narrative, you can't then come and tell us that. We don't have natural immunity and antibodies to what you just told us that it's a virus. So, and isn't that the whole premise behind a virus? So I, I don't actually subscribe to that first narrative. But if you did, if you accept us to believe that, then you can't come back at us and tell us that, no, we need a vaccine. We've already had. Uh, well, and whether it's a, it's a something that mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's a something that ivermectin can help and hydroxy and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. These and uh, ivermectin is antiviral in its nature. So whether it is, it, it's a something, right? Doesn't matter what you call it. It's a something, right? It, right. And there's an answer well, to and, it, and there's there's help. So that's uh, that really should that's be the key. Focus. It does, yeah. The, however you define it, this is something. There, there's help, and there's help that is, uh, you know, as far as farm, pharmaceuticals go, has very few. Uh, side effects that has long-term uh, evidence. It's been around for a while. We've used it for a long time. Uh, and those two things are, are rare. You know, we don't typically see that. Um, and they're pretty, uh, you know, they're not cost prohibitive. So yeah. there's help and hope. There's tons there's hope of hope. hope. Yeah. There's help and hope. Yeah. Can't give up. No, definitely not. Absolutely not. Can't give hope. up. What do you see uh, as the the hope for the future? That's a really great question. (laughs) My wish Uh is that people wake up, that this veil or this pall gets lifted Mm -hmm. and that we could, you know, that's that's my that's my wish. And that's my hope that people will just wake up. You have Megyn Kelly talking about how she took that booster it's in the news oh my arthritis is really bad oh okay oh megan kelly oh oh ah they'll try to sequester that that's a little hope there my hope my hope is and i say it in my tweets my hope is that the the the, the musicians the musicians are the ones that can lead us Mm-hmm. By just being truthful, their own brothers and sisters are dead. If you can't, my hope is that we honor the dead. I've written a tweet about that too. Mm-hmm. The dead are probably on the other side if you believe in that saying, come on, man. Yeah. We we were snookered. 
Come on, wake up. Yeah. Please wake up. Please, musician, politician, statistician, wake up. Yeah. Come on. You don't need a double blind study to show that a rare thing that happens 50 times within one year is no longer rare. So something's wrong. Yeah. You don't need that. You don't, you don't need, uh, you, you, you know, I mean, you have more and more studies showing that this is, if you look at Kevin McKernan on the last Epoch Times, mm-hmm. everybody should, if you can join that, McKernan is a researcher, a, a, ge- a geneticist, and talks about the open frames and talking about if if you want to believe in the shot, here's what I'm going to tell people. If you want to believe that the shot was the greatest thing, but you have to realize that the quality control was down. A lot of slip ups in the quality control and you got to do your research about quality control. You believe in the shot. That's your business. But the quality control is not there. So you thought you were getting something really great and pure, but you weren't. Right. Right. Just think of basic quality control. Mm hmm. Yeah. My hope is people just wake up. Yeah. Let's just sit. Uh, uh, a benevolent cattle prod just takes their goes to their 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 frontal lobe and just snaps it on. Whoop! We're up. Oh, the light is on. Sounds great. <laughs> that's how I. That's my prayer and hope. Yeah. No, benevolent. Okay. A benevolent. A benevolent drill of light goes to the area that was sleepy. How do you like that? Yeah. Wake up. Yes, please wake up. Wake up. I beg you, dear Lord, dear God, King of the universe, please wake up. See the truth. Use your common sense. Common sense is God-given. God-given. Common sense is God-given. You don't need a specialist to know that something's wrong. If you've been told by experts that something, that you're okay, it's all in your head, but you know deep down, trust yourself. So my hope, What's my hope is that people trust their gut, trust their common sense. And though it hurts very deeply to deny your doctor his or her expertise, trust your God-given common sense because your doctor works for you. Your specialist works for you. That's why you go to another specialist if they don't ring true. Your doctor works for you. If it doesn't ring true, get somebody new. Mm-hmm. There's the rhyme for the day. <laughs> yeah. But what do you advise for people? Because I think people are really struggling to find doctors these days. Um, I know that people who do not want to take shots, that that's a huge concern. They've argued with their doctors over the past few years. Uh, I know for me, I got thrown out of several doctors when I was in California for not wearing masks. Um, yeah, Sorry. it was definitely... Sorry problematic so and i know they're talking about lockdowns again they're talking about masks again hopefully most people will not comply uh but if they do it seems like ironically the places that start all that first are the doctors so 
do your research. You know, what, what do you tell? You're asking me, what do I tell the patients to do? Yeah, what how do, do they find somebody who might be a little bit more aligned with them? I, you know, oh, you always want to do your due diligence before you, uh, you know, enter a, a doctor-patient relationship. Obviously, you're entrusting somebody with your your physical body, and that's a. You know what you do. Here, here's something interesting. You say, doctor, I know my body. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm the doctor. I say, yeah, but I'm the one who knows my body. I'm with me 24 hours a day. I know my body. Okay, that's the first question. The second question is, doctor, what do you know about the histamine-GABA relationship in the mast cell? Mm-hmm. Do you know I can feel anxious for no good reason? And if you come telling me, if you come telling me that it's all in my head, I'm going to leave you in a lickety split second. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three is doctor. I pay my Blue Cross policy. I paying you cash. Doctor, you tell doctor, you work for me. You serve me. You're a doctor. You went to medical school. You serve me. I'm paying you. You serve me. You can't tell me I'm wrong unless you give me good research. If you can't give me good research, I'm not going to believe you. Mm-hmm. Doctor, you work for me. Yeah. You work for me, doctor. And they have to have that attitude. Right. If they don't, you know, I've got a guy who keeps calling me today. He's a wonderful man. Hey, could you get me this? Can you get me that? I'm like, I'm running around like a secretary, doctor. I serve him. I'm helping him. Sure. I got to help him. He's 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 shot injured. He's been destroyed by the shot. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because they work, because the doctors work for the big corporations. I work alone. That's why I'm able to be more free. I'm, you know, I have to answer to my own, my own accountant and stuff because I don't have a paycheck the same way. Right. I have more freedom to speak. Right. I'm lucky in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard for doctors. Well, they, 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 some of them have to to voice party line. Yeah. Sure. And everybody. How do you change society? It's 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 becoming a medical industrial complex where people work for for corporations. Yep. The answer to the corporation. Yeah. You have groups like the body. There's people wanting to look for alternative medical systems. Yeah, I know. It's gonna be a hard way to get there. Right. Right. Yeah, and, and what what is your uh, recommendation for uh, for your colleagues, your doctors who are feeling a lot of pressure? Because I would imagine it is difficult, even for the doctors who see it. Uh, you know, they still they they have all these years of training, and it, they have you know they, their whole career is on the line in some cases. So they just have to document. If I would talk to a doctor, they they have to document. I discuss the shot. I put it in there. They don't want it. That's their business. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the patient who rules. It should so be. So people out there, the patient rules. Sure. I, You you know, the, the patient, what do I tell the patient? The, the patient has to take back his or her power. Mm-hmm. We serve you. Mm-hmm. I serve you. If you're my patient, I serve you. 
You're going to give me money through Blue Cross or through your cash. I serve you. The minute I screw up, I'm in trouble. I mean, I, you know, I serve you. I have to warn you, like, let's say it's something I don't agree with. I, I document it and it's like, okay, you're going to make your decision. Right. It's very difficult for me to tell people, you better think twice about taking a shot, a COVID shot. Oh, yeah, but it's safe and effective, I'm told. Say, well, no, there's more research out there. There's more people that you don't know about. So, doctor, you're telling me not to take a, a booster? I say, yeah, I'm telling you not to take a booster. It's ultimately your decision. It's yeah. your decision. Yeah. But I'm on the inside of this, and I'm seeing people that are really hurt. Yeah. Are you seeing people... Um... I know you said that you give them a similar protocol, but the people who have had adverse reactions, what kind of have you, what kind of improvements have you seen after the protocol? Well, some they they get better for like three to five weeks, and then sometimes it creeps back, and then we go back to the first, and then we add a second. It's it's like a it's like a cake. You fold it in. Right. I've seen amazingly some great results where I don't see them anymore. Other people, it's just they had such a slam from the shot and then get COVID that we're looking at other avenues like the microclots is a big one. Dr. Vaughn is treated over a thousand people, but I don't know how many are successful, but mm -hmm. he's trying to loosen the blood up. But then there's even things even above that where the clotting mechanism happens, but there's some, some inflammatory feedback loop that we're looking at. And there's certain researchers that are looking at that and, 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 and it's not fully out there yet. Mm -hmm. So we're still looking, I'm looking beyond FLCCC and beyond AAPS or beyond what Dr. McCullough might offer. I'm looking in many different locations. Right. I'll look anywhere that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm always looking at new things. Yeah. Yeah. Always. You need to be. Yeah. I was really just wondering like what, uh, it been like progress. Nothing's a hundred percent. Nothing's a hundred percent. Yeah. No. Cause no. It, I, I think it would be encouraging for people to hear that, you know, there is a possibility to detox from these shots and no, there is no, there absolutely is. There's literature on that. Okay. No, there's literature on that. Great. No, but I always want to look at the, a blood test or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, there's the spike detox protocol and bromelain and uh, there's so many ways to, to get at the spike protein with that one product I told you about, but we can detox, yes, with through the autophagy, as you heard, with with mm -hmm. uh, intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I went from taking natokinase and resveratrol after I got COVID. I got better, and then I had this onslaught where I I, I had to take more vitamins. I had a mini, 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 mini long COVID, and I had to switch it up a bit. And I had a I had to take a drug called Plavix plus bromelain, and now I'm much better. So, yeah, we no. there's a lot of hope there. I'm just yeah. saying everybody presents differently. Sure. You need a doctor to stay on top of it. Right. There's a lot of hope, tons of hope. Good. And Good. these things work for different levels of care. Right. right. You know, because I get the, the ones that they're sacked in really bad and we got to really do some stuff. There's some people that have had miracles from uh, EBU or extracorporeal oxygenation, hyperbarics. I mean, we just got to get hyperbaric centers all over the place. We got to get yeah. another thing. 
Another good one is IV chelation. Wait a minute. IVEDTA. Oh. I'm going to be having a clinic in Chicago where I'm going to be giving uh, maybe special IVs. With, with, with one of them includes EDTA, which loosens the blood up. Uh, there's a, a doctor in Hawaii who's doing a lot of it. Her name's Dr. Maloshian, I believe. Okay. I used to be a chelating doctor be, because for coronary disease, I was mm -hmm. chelating people with EDTA. So EDTA is a good one, you know. EDTA. Uh, IV, IV, IV vitamin C supposedly is really, really good for helping spike and helping release things. Absolutely. Wow. But I'm always looking for things by mouth too. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can get to pay $160 a visit, you know, but there's clinics there where they're charging weekly, you know, between $150 to $250. Mm -hmm. NAD could be six to $800. Wow. So I'm trying to find cheaper options. Sure, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and again, I'm trying to make, I'm starting a foundation, which is, this close to being out there, it's called the Medical Arts Healing Foundation, Medical Arts Healing Foundation, which is going to be for people that can't afford okay. for testing and treatment. So I'm trying to get that all up and That's running. That's great. People are losing their jobs. Yeah, Medical yeah. Arts Healing Foundation. So we're 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 getting there. So okay. Well, but um, we'll be posted on I, that for sure. I will. I will. I'm excited because I. Well, I want to get some people. To, I want to. I want to prove this microclotting. I'm. You know, I, I, we want to show something. What is the shot doing? We want to show it. Yes. So I want to prove sludgy blood. Right. I want to prove with this special electron microscope. Yeah. There's, so you know, I could send you stuff on that, like at the. Yeah. You know, no, I'd love to see it. There's a lot of different things I'm looking at that. Okay. You know, what about but, uh, do you have any thoughts on, uh, you know, some of the theories on the nanotechnology um, and that being in, in the found in the blood? Oh, you mean. You mean like the scary stuff in the blood, like from the shots? Yeah. You mean like graphene oxide discussions and stuff? Well, graphene oxide is only, I think, part of the equation. Um, I, I think it's a. It's a worthwhile conversation, but from what I hear, graphene oxide actually um, is more of a short-term kind of issue because you can, uh, it just through like chelation, you know, it's a metal that you can detox fairly quickly if uh, addressed. But some of these other potential uh, nanotechnologies seem to be a little bit more uh, concerned. You mean the things they snuck in there or in, in this shot? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. See, you know more than I do. I can't. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't know for sure. I just yeah, you got to share that with me because I don't. Okay. I just I, I see things. I, I see there's things that look like they're robots inside there, or there's they got many parts, and I'm like, yeah. Are we really seeing that? I and I don't know. I mean, I, I, I I'm not looking at them I, firsthand, I, so I'm just I'm just seeing yeah. secondhand people's yeah. research, and then you know the. Both the research, both the laboratory results as well as some of the, you know, patent investigations and uh, some of the documents from uh, like Operation War Speed documents, Pfizer documents. So when you start to put it together, it does look like there's a story there uh, that could potentially be a little bit disconcerting. But I, I can't say I, I don't have conclusive 
uh, information on anything at this time. So it's, uh, I don't know if anybody does. Anybody who does, I'm happy to talk to them. Uh, or if they think they do, I'm very happy to talk to them as well. I know, but I know a lot of people are putting forth theories. Um, I talked to yeah. Karen Kingston. You know, she's been doing a lot of the research on the Pfizer uh, patents. Yes. I've done a lot of research on Charles Lieber and his nanotechnology. And so we know that they're... I wish they would just leave us alone. Yes. I, I, you know, you're... Pr- I- you know, all I can say is if it's all true, I wish they would just go away and leave us alone. Just go away. Yeah, yeah. Go away. Take your money somewhere else. Right, right, yeah. Far away from us. Leave yeah, us yeah. alone. I, I'm just, with just, you on that. Yes, please. Leave us alone. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. If it's true, it's disgusting. It's disgusting, yeah. And it's I don't disgusting. know. I don't know how much is true, how much is not true, but you know what I do know is uh, that the human body is incredible and does have tremendous powers of detox. The human mind has incredible powers to heal. Well, you know, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to get religious on you about that, and I don't mean to throw you a curveball, but I, when you got these people at the World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. like Yuval Harari says, sure. well, the mind, we could hack. Oh, yeah. God is a myth. I'm not here to prove God. But for you to come out and say God is a myth and then say, well, we can fix everything. Mm -hmm. AI will help. Oh, yeah. You know, the hubris, you know what that word is. Mm -hmm. Thinking that that hubristically, you really can. Right now, as you and I speak, there's probably a million chemical reactions going on in your body. Yes, right? I just learned today. Apparently, we have apparently we have seventy two trillion, seventy three trillion cells, and there's several million uh, chemical reactions happening in each one of those cells per second. <laughs> okay, so I'm speaking to the choir. So, yeah. so let's say, okay, Courtney said it. So, if we have that. And then we have this big intellectual guy from Israel mm-hmm. saying the mind can, we can hack and we can figure it out. That man is not in touch with reality. Right. We don't need God. We need God. We need God. We need God. My point is only God could say what you just said. Right. Can do what you just said. What did you just say? A million, whatever you said. There's 73 trillion cells in the human body, at least from what they've determined. And within each of those cells, uh, there's several million chemical reactions that are occurring every single second. So if we have that. You can't even fathom that. I mean, that's just. So, Courtney, if we have that. We don't need any big intellect saying that we could do AI and do it great, right. or we can we can cure anybody mm-hmm. because any one of those things could go on the glitch that you just said, and nobody would know which one was which to fix the what to what. Right. Right. So this has got to stop. Yes. People cannot just be sitting there saying that the body can be hacked into or even the real cool people saying biohack or let's hack. Let's you know what? Cut the shit. Pardon my friends. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think your vitamin C helped you, there's probably another principle of the things you just described that actually made the vitamin C work. Oh, yeah. Oh, I took the vitamin D and look. Oh, there's I took a, the ivermectin. Oh, there's a, like 
a copious amount of cofactors that are necessary in order for the vitamin C to even be absorbed before any enzymatic reaction can occur for it to be beneficial. <laughs> so exactly. Yeah. And guess who did it? The body. Right. Guess who made the bo- guess who made the body? Some infinite, beautiful, intelligent creator. Right. Something like that. Right. <laughs> Don't go thinking it's just your vitamin D. It was all those cofactors. And who made those cofactors? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This this intellectualism, snobby, hubristic intellectualism has to stop now. Yeah. Nobody honors what they don't know. Nobody gives credence to how they got here. They think they could do AI. And we've seen if the room isn't warm enough, maybe the AI wasn't thinking well enough. If the room, if the room, maybe uh, a wire was a little bit off. Maybe that AI thought one thing versus the other. Ooh, (laughs) let's think of AI now, right? Huh? Yeah. Common sense. All you need is common sense, which doesn't cost much. Yeah, and it doesn't require a genius either. So yeah. doesn't require a genius, but yet we're being conned into the Harvards and Oxfords and and WEFs and the Hararis and the like, telling us yeah how to think, how to be, and they're writing books, and we should bow down to them. Yep. Shame on them all. Because they deny the human condition. They deny the beauty, what God has created in us. That's just not fair. Just because you wrote a book, big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being in this fight and for doing all that you can do to help people. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. I- I'm honored. Yeah, likewise. So tell everybody again where the website is, where they can find you. I'll post the links below. DocInTheLoop.com, D-O-C in the loop, one word.com. You can make an appointment there and see what I'm about. The research is there and the articles and everything. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.